0: In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be reviewing the match against Cagliari, previewing the upcoming Champions League fixture against PSV, and the Serie A fixture against FAL, this week's Moratti, Moji and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. Guarda solo, Guardino, attenzione,
1: se ne va largo <laughs> dalla destra, il tiro, la spinta corta, Mimito, è gol, 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 è Attenzione, Ronaldo salta anche
0: Marchegiani e mette dentro il 3-0. Andiamo il Principe entra in area, è solo, il tiro, è gol,
2: è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol. Con Ronaldo, a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo, per Zamorano che gira bene al centro, attenzione, il destro, violentissimo, è e lo
0: spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti. La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter, l'Inter vince, ah, è Nillo, campioni d'Europa, campioni d'Europa, campioni d'Europa, campioni d'Europa, campioni d'Europa. I più forti siamo noi, Benvenuti, bentornati, to another edition of Studio Inter. I am your host, Nima Tavalli-Ruzzari, wishing you uh, welcome and I hope you had a nice weekend. I know I've had a good weekend, uh, Inter 1. Uh, but before we get into all that, let me um, uh, welcome our uh, our guests and panelists, uh, starting with um, the founder of uh, the Gentleman Ultra, Mr. Richard Hall. Welcome.
3: Hi, Dean. guys? You okay? Good to see yeah. you.
0: Well, I'm uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not as good as you. And uh, and on that note, I think we should, you know, just on behalf of everyone, with uh, congratulations on becoming a father. Uh, if it's a girl, I can I I think the name Javiera is a lovely name.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: just saying. Just yeah. saying. Javier seems Javier seems great. You know,
3: that's, that's fine. I just need to get up as a wife. Yeah. Uh, no, well, if, who who? Uh, Javiera, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure an Englishman walking around with names like Julio and Javier, Julio Cesaro or Javier Zanetti will absolutely be fine with my wife, but thank you.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out
2: there. Uh,
0: and we're also joined by our good friend uh, Alex Dono, the host of the Alex Dono Show on 560 WKAM in Miami, Florida. Welcome back, Alex.
2: Thank you so much. And I will note that since my first appearance on Studio Inter, Inter has not lost a single game. So you can consider me the good luck charm. And when they do lose again, you may not hear from me for a few weeks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's precisely. That's actually, I was going to bring that up. But after, after the last time you came on, this winning streak may never end. So that's why, that's why we thought we'll bring you back on again. Um, so, yeah, you're the reasoning for our winning. That's our story, and we're sticking to it. Um, and, uh, we're, and joining us all the way from Italy, our good friend. He's uh, the match commentator for Il Nero e l'azzurro, Mr. Fulvio Santucci.
1: Hi Nima, hello everyone. It's great to be back, especially to be back after three World Games in a row.
0: Yes, indeed, indeed.
1: And we, uh, as we also have a special
0: guest. Uh, he's the uh, global head of features for all 37 editions of Gold.com, Mr. Carlo Garganese, welcome back.
4: Yeah, it's great to be back, Nima. I'm happy to be representing Inter on the, on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh dear. <laughs> right, let's get to it. Um uh, we've I've asked you on uh, Carlo because I uh, you've uh, uh, you know since the beginning of the season the season started pretty awkwardly or pretty awfully for Inter but you've uh, you you've, you've been criticizing Spalletti and you 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 place the blame firmly at Spalletti's door. Um and I was uh, kind of keen to hear what your thoughts are now that it's turned. Is it because of Spalletti or is it despite of Spalletti? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I wouldn't say it's because
4: of Spalletti. I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't watch the full game against Cagliari. Um, I saw the highlights, so I can't really speak about that game. But I thought that um, against Tottenham for 85 minutes, I thought Inter were dreadful, to be perfectly honest, and then obviously had an amazing recovery at the end. Showed great heart, but in terms of the actual football for the, for the first 85 minutes, wasn't impressed at all. Um, against Samp, you know, it was quite a tight game, but that's, that's a difficult match away from home. Um, in Genoa um, against Fiorentina again I didn't think Inter had a particularly great game I thought Inter were a little bit lucky to, to get the win in that match especially when it was 1-0 looked like Fiorentina with were a were the team that were going to go on and actually win that match um, so yeah I wouldn't say that Inter have, despite this, this this kind of four match uh, consecutive w- wins they've had I wouldn't say that Inter have really been um, incredible um, but you know I think there's obviously, there are qualities there. Um, I think Inter did have a good transfer market. And I think you, you guys are are solid at the back. I don't think you're going to concede that many goals. The spine of your team is a lot stronger this, this year. You've got three quality centre-backs. Um, so even when you're not playing well, as you haven't particularly been in these, in these four games, or the, three, three of the first three of the four games, um, I think you, you've still got the qualities there to... To, to kind of get results, to hang in there when you're not playing well. So, um, yeah, that maybe doesn't answer your question. But um, I, as, I, as you know, I think at the start of the season, I think Spalletti made a lot of mistakes with his team selection and some of his tactics. But, you know, starting to pick up now. So let's see where it goes from here.
0: Well, Richard, you want a question you want to ask Carlo?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a a really good point what you, what you just made there because I mean for my, my points uh, when especially like you say in those earlier games um, Sampdoria especially I was very critical on um, Football Italia for this and divided a little bit of opinion because I was probably maybe a bit too harsh because I found that you know, Spalletti's tactics exactly as you say have potentially been a bit turgid in some respects not brave enough either um, and I think last season he had a, you know he didn't have as many options as he does now you, you mentioned the spine of the team and I think it, it's spot on um, for me, the, the game against Calgary was a, a, a big improvement. And I also think the game against Fiora is a very, very tough team. Um, you know, they are, they are difficult to beat. And I, there are signs of, of, of progression, even though it's slow. I think the question would be, in some respects for me, is, and so maybe to, to put this out to everyone, is that what I think has been refreshing in some respects is Spalletti has um, maybe had to use more depth in the team maybe had to really search and test those players who maybe we've been sometimes critical over the last two seasons uh, and, and, you know, really test some of the new ones. But uh, I suppose the question would be, do you think that even with maybe this mild progression that's uh, slowly, uh, I think you alluded to, you know, th- there is character there, do you think the Champions League possibly will hamper into in the long term, even though it's where the fans want them to be? Well, I guess it depends if if
4: Inter qualify. I mean, it's a very, very tough group uh, and there's still a long, long way to go. Um, So, I mean, there's absolutely... I mean, obviously, the the 2-1 win, it's a great start. And, you know, if Inter can win on Wednesday um, with Tottenham playing Barca, I mean, could be in a very, very strong position to go through. Um, So, if Inter gets to the knockout stages, then, yeah, obviously, it's going to stretch the squad um, a lot more. But, I mean, I think... The depth of the squad is is obviously much stronger now. Um, there's a lot of options at centre back, um, but yeah, maybe further up the field, not so many options uh, in attack. I mean, there's Icardi or or Lautaro Martinez um, in attack, so I mean, there's two good options there. But yeah, it is gonna it is gonna stretch the squad. Um, I mean, what I would say of Inter is they they are a much tougher team this year. Um, from set pieces, good in the air. And over the course of a long season, I think that is important. Um, So, yeah, there's definitely progression. I I don't think Inter will have any problems with getting the top four, but I think you're expecting more from Inter this season than simply the top four.
1: Uh, Fulvio? Uh, Yeah, hello, Carlo. Um, Hello. I would like to ask you you something about Rajan Angolan. Um, I understood uh, you have been able to watch the last three games of Inter and you surely know that, that uh, Luciano Spalletti uh, never, never benched Nainggolan. Um, in- instead uh, he benched Picardi, Brozovic uh, for uh, preparation of the Champions League match, but Nainggolan was there. And um, yes, it seems that uh, Raja Nainggolan is crucial uh, in, the, in the top of Spalletti for, um, for the Inter season. So uh, I would like to understand from you uh, if you if you see the same way, if you see this in the same way. So if you think if, uh, that Rajan is crucial uh, for this um, for this uh, squad, uh, or if uh, can Luciano Spalletti get rid of him just for one or two matches and he's going to change something? And uh, we know that uh, Nairo is not uh, in his uh, best shape; he practically and basically skipped the preseason. But still, I would like to I would like to ask. Do <sighs> you see an Inter without Roger Nainggolan at the moment? Um,
4: I don't think Nainggolan's been brilliant so far this season. I don't think he's been bad either. I think he's probably been, you know, six, 6.5 out of 10 by, by Italian ratings, that is. Um, so, I mean, he's been good. Um, I don't think he's at the level that he was one and a half, two, three, four years ago when I was an absolutely huge fan. I mean, I was, I've been a fan of him since since before he came, went to Calgary. Um I remember being told by, by a colleague of mine, Chris Vokes, who, who watched him. He was a scout for an English club at the time, Chris. Um, and he, he, he actually scouted him and, and um, recommended him to, <laughs> to a Premier League side, actually, when he, was, when he was playing for, I think, Piacenza at the time. So i have known about him for a long time. And, and I, I think he was at Calgary and then at Roma, he was absolutely incredible. But I think last season there was a, a noticeable decline um, I'm not going to say a terminal decline, but there was a definite dip in his performances last season. Um, he did, I mean, he scored those, obviously those two goals in the semi-final uh, against, against Liverpool, which, well, was I mean, too little too late, but I think generally his performance, even in that game, in that tie, wasn't, wasn't particularly good, even though he scored the goals. Um, and I think over the course of the season, that, I think that's why Roma were, were prepared to let him go, that they saw him as someone that was, that's kind of a little bit past his best, um, having said that, though, Spalletti knows Gland better than anyone and knows how to get the best out of Nainggolan. And I think even when he's, again, like I was saying before, even when he's not at his best and it's peak fitness, he's just, you know, he's just a winner mentally, not just physically, but mentally. he's He's so strong. And you just know that when he's on the pitch that... You know, you see him even before the game, and you're you're lined up next to Ninkoan in the tunnel waiting to go out. He, he gives you a real advantage psychological. So, I mean, I do think he is very important still, um, and for this Inter team. Um, but yeah, I think he will need. I think he will need his rest because I don't think physically, he. He's, I don't think. I think he has dipped a little bit physically, and they don't want to burn him out. Um, they want him to be, you know, firing into you know later on in the season. Um, so, yeah, I think they do need to rest him a little bit, pick their games. You know, when, when Inter are playing against the smaller sides, you know, give them a rest. Um, and I think that will that will benefit Inter in the long run. But obviously, with these big matches, you know, it's, it's difficult. I mean, I think after the, the international break, Inter have got a really tough period. I mean, they've got they've got the derby and then Barca, I think, straight really? after. And yeah. then, is it Lazio? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Lazio. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a tough run, and you think, well, any of those three games, 9-Galan has to play, doesn't he? So, it's
0: difficult. Right. um, Alex?
2: Yeah, this builds a little bit on the 9-Galan question, but I wanted you to take a little bit of a bigger picture look on the new signings of Inter. You mentioned a solid summer transfer window. I think at this point, we've seen all seven of Inter's new signings have at least an opportunity to have an impact early on this season, but... Uh, I would say so far to me, Asamoah has probably been the most consistent of the seven, but we're only seven rounds into the season. By the time the season is over, which one of Inter's seven new players do you think we'll be talking about as the man who had the biggest impact over the entire season?
4: Tough one, tough one. Um, I think with Asamoah, he's a guarantee. I have no doubts about that. I think he's, for years, he's been so underrated. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I remember... I remember when Juve were playing against Tottenham uh, last season. And, like, it's one thing that Juventus have always actually struggled at quite a lot in Europe is when there's a, a real full-on press that Juve can struggle to get out of their own half because, you know, players just can't break the press. And I remember seeing Asamoah when he came on um, at Wembley and he was so cool in the book. He never lost the ball. He always used it. He always knew where he was going. And that's been so underrated. you've seen that at Inter as well. It's, it's very small detail, but... It makes such a difference. He, he never gives the ball away, always uses it well, simply but effectively. Um, I've got no doubts about him. I would play him left-back all the time. It's been Inter's weak link um, for a number of years now and he's just a guarantee at left-back. I would play him there. So I think he'll be talked about in the season. Um, the others, Politano, I'm, I'm not sure about him, to be honest with you. I think he can do a, do a job against the smaller teams. I don't know whether he's going to have it against the real, real top teams. Um, that doesn't mean he can't be a useful player in a rotational system but I'm not sure I'm not sure to be honest with him uh, I think he's a little bit I'm a, I worry whether he's a little bit of a one-trick pony he's, he's he. if I was a defender of Martins I think I would know what he's going to do every single game he's kind of drop his shoulder and then cut, come inside um, so I'm not sure about him you know I'm not saying it'll be a bad sign in, but I don't know if Inter really want to get to the very very top I don't think he's going to cut it um, Keita Baldez been disappointing so far. I've been very, very disappointed in him. Even at Monaco, he never really did it, to be honest with you. Um, but he's got he's got bags of talent. Uh, who else there? lataro Martinez, um, a, a goal colleague of me of mine, Daniel Edwards, who kind of covers our our South American football. He's uh, he's actually a racing a racing fan. I call him racing. Um, he's a racing fan. <laughs> um, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just gave up on that one I um, actually got their shirt they've got an amazing shirt um, but yeah um, yeah he's, he was a huge fan I asked him about him when, when Inter signed and he actually compared him, compared him to Aguero um, not necessarily in kind of style of play although he's a little bit similar to Aguero but he just think, he thought that he does have the potential to be kind of the, the most kind of natural naturally talented um, Argentine since Aguero and um which is a you know a big statement so i've got high hopes for him obviously he's been injured and you know he's not at full full fitness right now but there's there's clearly a big big talent there so you know he's one that maybe you know given a bit of time to settle and everything he could be a he could be a big sensation so we'll we'll have to see with him it's difficult to predict um De Rye, I think is I think is a, is an excellent player. He's an excellent defender. And there's not many. We're in an era now where there's not many great defenders, um, sadly. But he's kind of, you know, one of the, the better centre backs I think in Europe. Um, a little bit slow. So with him and Scurria playing together, I'm I'm not sure. Um, sometimes against certain opponents, that could be, that could be something to watch out for. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be an excellent sign-in have I missed anyone
2: no i think i think you got it cuz you already spoke about n'golo so i think that's yeah. it
1: right
4: uh, yeah <laughs> i think oh yeah i think to to just to sum up i think inter did have a very very good transfer market the only thing i think inter are missing is a little bit of creativity in the final third from the centre of the pitch i think we saw that against tottenham for for the first kind of 30%. eighth so yeah that's, that's what point. i think that's what i think inter are lacking mm.
0: Well, I know you you gotta go, and I thank you so much for coming on. But before we go, just I want to ask you quickly. You do this to everyone who comes on for the first time this season. Uh, from uh, six to one, starting with the sixth position to first position, uh, give me your Serie A predictions.
4: Oh gosh, right. Okay. Um, well, I think Juve Juve first. Um, second, I'm going to go into second. Okay. I'm going to go into second. I think it'll be Inter or Napoli for second, but I'll, I'll go with Inter. So. Mm-hmm. Napoli third, fourth, oh, fourth is tough, fourth is tough, um, I'll go Roma, I'll go Roma fourth, and fifth and sixth, gosh, who we got, we've got Lazio, we've got Milan, Fiorentina are pretty good this season as well, um, yeah. mm, that's a tough one, I'll go fifth Fiorentina, sixth, sixth Milan.
0: A seventh, Lazio, then I guess.
4: Yeah, we'll go with that. But it's, it's difficult. It's, it's it's I'm I'm terrible with with, with these kind of predictions.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, so, who do you think will win the become the capo Do you think Icardi, Ronaldo, or is it even the Genoa sensation Piontek?
4: Um, I think it'll be diffi- difficult for Piontek to to keep this up for the whole season. Um, I'm, I'll go. I'm going to go with Ronaldo because he always goes through a through a scoring streak where he just goes on a on a streak where he'll, he'll score, you know, three hat-tricks in a row. Um, and I, I can see that happening. So I'm going to go with Ronaldo. But I don't think Icardi will be, will be far, far behind once he, once he gets going.
0: Mm. Fair enough. Well, uh, it was always a pleasure having you on. Um, if people want to follow you on Twitter, uh, you, oh boy, where can they find you? And have you got anything else coming up on goal? Because you guys usually have something special coming up around this time.
4: Yes, you can find me on Goal, usually ranting at Carlo Duggan <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
3: um,
4: so you can find me on there. And in terms of what we've got coming up, we have our annual Goal 50, which is something we've been doing for 11 years now. And it, it picks the, we select the 50 best players of the year. Um, and yeah, that's happening in November. November the 13th, I think, is the, is the date when we reveal the 50. And there is an inter-player in the list this year, I can tell you. So, I can't reveal who, but there is an inter-player
1: in the
0: list. Mm-hmm. Exciting, exciting. Yeah. Well, it was great having you on, Carlo, as always. Um, thanks for coming on. And uh, I hope you're right uh, that your theory prediction is right. That would be awesome, if think, to finish second this year. Yeah. I
4: hope so, too, because I think, and I think I say it every single time I come on here, I think Italian football needs a strong Inter and it needs a strong Milan. And the sooner that those two, both of those two teams, and uh, you know, are strong again, then the, the, the sooner that Italian football can really become, you know, get closer to what it was in the, you know, in the nineties and the, the beginning of the of the century.
0: Mm. You're here, 100%. You're here, hundred percent. Here, here, here. Take care, Carlo. Yeah. Was okay, nice thank
4: you, you guys. Nice to meet you all. Thanks, guys. Oh, no, thank you. Bye. Bye, bye, chap. Cheers.
0: Right, uh, let's uh, move on to that. Um, let's discuss that Cagliari game. I'm, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm kind of uh, keen to hear your, your guys' thoughts on that. Um, I, was, uh, I thought it was a pretty decent first half. Uh, i I was very disappointed in the second by inter second half and I'm, and i 'm still in that situation last week you said I wanted I said I wanted to see a consistent performance over ninety minutes, and we still have not been able to see that uh, The second half was dreadful in my opinion. I think the fact that Kelly was just not good enough, and Spalletti made the changes he he should have done to win that game, and finally you know it, it worked but it, but Inter left it late and would have been punished uh, if, if the quality was better that 's my assessment. Do you agree with that uh Alex?
2: Yeah, um, you know, I, I certainly was very frustrated at, for long droughts in the second half. Uh, it conjures up images of a lot of the, uh, the slow times of Inter last year. I, I do, though, take some comfort in the fact that, uh, you know, in, in recent weeks, when they do have blackouts, when they do have struggles like they had in that second half, they're still finding a way to grind out results. Uh, at this point, I think there are very few, if any, free victories, even at home in Serie uh, a lot of these. A lot of these games can be tough. A lot of these games can be frustrating. You know, I do take some positives from the moments of quality I did see on the field. I thought that Dalbert was, was incredible. I, for me, he was the man of the match. I thought that his, his setup uh, on the Lautaro goal and a lot of the things that he did coming up on the left side were great. Um, you know, I thought that seeing Lautaro Martinez really, uh, really play and thrive early, he was extremely gassed late in the second half. But I think it's understandable why he doesn't have his full fitness about him just yet. Uh, And, you know, I was very happy to see Politano score his first goal in the Inter shirt. You know, not a great first touch, but he made up for it, uh, more than made up for it with the finish with the left foot on the volley. So uh, I I certainly will not apologize for any victory. But do I come away from that match thinking that, you know, Inter looks like the anti-Juve or anything like that? I I think we need to, like you said, Nima, we we need to see – not necessarily 90 perfect minutes, but 90 minutes of consistent quality before I can really start pumping my chest and saying that Inter is here.
0: Mm, nice. Interesting. Um, speaking of uh, Dalbert, uh, Spalletti after the game did a, did a classic Spalletti in comparing his cross to that of a certain Roberto Carlos. Um, <laughs> I'm glad he's not exaggerating, I think, about. Uh, I'm I'm curious to hear what you think about that Fulvio. <laughs> Were you reminded of the days of Roberto Carlos when he saw the yeah. Dalbert cross? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, of course I reminded that. But uh, okay, I have to say that uh, the full story, <laughs> the full story here is that uh, practically Spalletti said that uh, uh, during the training Dalbert uh, can kick the ball like Roberto Carlos, and it's uh, you don't believe me? You can ask everyone into in Pinetina uh, that it's like that. So. Not, not a real comparison, but still something, something for the headline. But, yes. uh, but still, really, yes, yeah, I, but I was, I was very satisfied with, uh, with Darwin's game, especially because he was confident, consistent for 90 minutes, and that was, the that was his limit, because, uh, I think, uh, he's a quality player, um, and, uh, I think that, uh, his problem is, is mental. I think that he should just, uh, play confident, and, uh, don't be, uh, how can I say, uh, don't be put out uh, of the game uh, uh, on, in, in, in his first mistake, because um, typically he did something like that. But against it was consistent. And speaking about the game, guys, I won't be so tough with, uh, with Inter. Um, also because uh, we're talking about a game in which uh, we practically benched a lot of players and um you can say that uh, no you you have no leaders on the field because Skriniar was benched Azamoa was benched Icardi was benched so practically all the men that, uh, in my opinion uh, can give some some mental strength to the team except Nygoland was practically benched um so i was uh, actually satisfied uh, for uh, for what the substitutes uh did into the game and uh, I think that's uh, not only Dalbert, but also I think that uh, we should mention Bor Cavalero, who played yes. really, really, who played really, really, really well. Yeah, uh, yeah, consistent. So I'm pretty satisfied. You're right. At some point, uh, uh, Inter gave Cagliari the control of the game, and that's something that you should avoid. But on the other side, Inter risked practically nothing. Right? No risk. So yes, you can say they they mm, the, the opponent was not good enough. But uh, the positive side is that uh, if you think about uh, inter-substitutes uh, one year ago, well, the situation is is, very, is improved right now, because now you can have reliable substitutes. Lautaro Martinez was, was really good, reliable, Dalbert was reliable, Barca Valero was reliable, so, I think that uh, the general situation is improved, uh, and uh, I think that uh, you cannot uh, test uh, Inter from the match of Saturday against Cagliari, because practically the, that, that was the Inter too. Well, that was the, 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 the results quote of Inter, not Inter. So, I'm pretty satisfied about, about the match, if I to be honest, because uh, I think that uh, the same match one year ago, with so much substitutes into the field, uh, could end it differently. That's my sensation.
0: Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that Richard
3: yeah I back a lot of that to be honest because I was really deeply disappointed against Sampdoria really really annoyed um, I, thought, I, I thought the performance overall was really really poor and, and, and from that you know you question a lot of things I think going into Fiorentina you know, mar- marginal, marginal um, changes marginal's uh, Gains if you would, and it got better. But Gaines Calgary, a lot of the points that you guys just mentioned then were really important to me as well. I agree with him that it wasn't, you know, this, I don't think Inter at the moment aren't where we need to be as a team to have that sort of dominating 90-minute performance because I don't think we really know completely how to... I don't think Spiletti even knows completely how that system is 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 working, I think it's still a little bit experimental. I hate the word transition, but it, it, there is a little bit of that. Listen, the, the strength in depth, and we touched on this earlier on with the earlier questions we had, and, you know, the fact that Dolbert was probably, in my opinion, man in the moment, we maybe we'll come to this later, but man of the match for me, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, the, the assist for Martinez's goal. Listen, you know what? I don't think that comparison to Roberto Carlos was that bad because at the end of the day, you know, we, we always watch highlight reels of Roberto Carlos, and some of the free kicks were good, some of the crosses were good. There's just as many bad. But, you know, same, <laughs> but no, but in, all, but in all fairness, Norbert had an excellent game, and, you know, we criticised him enough, and when he played well, he played well. The confidence point that Fulvio you know, made was, was, was perfect, because he is a confidence player. I thought, Candre for me was interesting because I think he's actually played better in. in he's played quite well in some poor into performances, I didn't, I didn't think he played particularly well in this one, it was a bit frustrating in that respect because he has I felt he was coming back a little bit but like the guys say, you know Politone for me, uh, I think I actually think he's growing, I really do I think he's growing massively in confidence not just with that finish, but in the fact of how he takes players on, how he wants to run against um, you know the, the defenders a little bit more. We haven't had that. We need more of that. You, know, you can't just rely on Perisic for that when he's in the mood for doing it. Martinez up front, I mean, I, it's interesting before I listened to his comments, I interviewed an Argentine football journalist, Sam Kelly, who was talking about the fact that you know, Martinez, like Icardi, has been schooled by Diego Melito and there's a lot of symmetry there, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, and you know, this guy looks like he's going to be able to find the goal. So, and and finally, the last person I was really impressed with was uh, Buja Valero, because he did play deep and I like the fact that he decided to... He, I thought gagliardini had a pretty full game, actually, but he did, at some points, cover Valero, and what he allowed him to do was just take the ball and spread the play a little bit, and it just gave it more of a flow. And you're right, Nima, it wasn't a full 90 minutes where it flowed, but when it flowed, it was, they moved the ball quicker, they were willing to take players on, and overall, it just had a bit of a faster pace. It had more purpose, and I was pleased with this. Now, how that transcends into the Champions League, I don't know. But from that, from that game in itself, that's the first time I saw. Well, considering how I felt against Sampdoria, for me personally, this is progress.
1: Mm.
0: That's interesting. <clears throat> I uh, for me I, I was really impressed with Borja Valero and watching him and Brozovic play together in that deep midfield was just it was really interesting uh, and I thought it was looked really really good. But uh, before we go on uh, we've uh, we as always sampling.com uh, readers vote on the man of the match and this is the first time that we've had it's uh, have had such a close um, uh, such a close result as to who actually is the man of the match. Um, the winner was Matteo Politano with 30.8% of the vote, and La Paulo Martinez came in second with 30.2% of the vote. And, uh, uh the Roberto, the new Roberto Carlos of the age, uh, Enrique Dalbert came in third with 21.4% of the vote. Um, right, let's, uh, <laughs> right, uh, let's, uh, move on to, uh, we've got bigger and better things, uh, coming up, which, Uh, could essentially, uh, if Inter were to uh, have six points from two games uh, in the Champions League, are an excellent position to go through going into the double encounter against Barcelona. PSV Eindhoven away at the Philips Stadion in Eindhoven. And this is one of those games where I remember when we were talking about uh, the uh, Champions League group, uh, the one with Porto and Schalke. uh, Fulvio, you said that that's one of those classic groups where Inter would finish last with zero points. Yeah, right. this this game has got that written all over it for me. PSV, uh, I know you know Dutch football isn't what it used to be at the club level, but this 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 game scares me more than maybe a Barcelona yep. does because I know what to expect yeah, when I'm going
1: against Barcelona. Uh, what are your thoughts going into this uh, Fulvio? Uh, well, you can be you can be right about that, uh, but uh, I think that uh, that uh, what uh, the, what should be uh, highlighted here is the fact that uh, if. PSV has only one chance to remain into this competition. It's through its home game, right? Because you cannot expect something, something really uh, impressive uh, on the, on the away game. But uh, into the, into, into, into their home stadium, I think they could be dangerous. Uh, they could be dangerous. And uh, um, besides, they have uh, interesting players, especially in the wings. Uh, Lozano, we all know from the World Cup, but also Bergwin uh, on the other side. of the we is a very interesting player. So quality, quality players. Uh, and uh, as I said, uh, we should be, we should be worried about, uh, about the fact that uh, PSB is, is very good into, into their own, uh, into, into their own stadium. So yes, I practically agree with you. Probably this, this match scares me most than the Barcelona match because, uh, uh, but just for the fact that uh, this match is, um, all the pressure is on Inter because Inter can win uh it's, it's able to win while if you go in Barcelona into the no camp you practically have nothing to lose and uh yeah that's that's practically the logic right uh uh typically more uh, um, typically struggles more into the game that uh, uh that can win uh, instead of the matches in which have nothing to lose and nobody is uh Nobody will, will, will point a finger against you if you if you lost in, into into the into the Barcelona stadium. Let's practice. Mm. Uh, that's practically.
0: Uh, that's that's very much true, uh, Richard. Um, how I mean, do, do Inter still? I mean, obviously, winning against Tottenham gave Inter an excellent start. But do, you, do I mean how how imp- will that will that win against Tottenham be completely nullified if Inter were to not take all three points against PSV?
3: Not sure about nullified. I think it was crucial. I think it shows how crucial that win against Tottenham was and you know in, in the final gasp of the game. Um, it's a huge boost. I think that win against Tottenham shouldn't be understated as well, because we all remember the previous Tottenham games. And I think that has been something that sort of, you know, was, was very symbolic in Inter's uh, not demise, but you know, the, the way they were going the, the way the way Inter see Tottenham is probably what I should say. And, and, and in the Champions League being back now, that, that was huge. And if you think if they'd have lost that game, and I think PSV, is like you guys have said, is a very difficult game, very difficult going away. Irrespective of Barcelona, because you have to take that out, the Barcelona-PSV game, you have to take that to one side. I mean, just, if we take it just from the start of September, PSV-Eidenhoven, they won 6-1 against Ville They won 7-0 against Den Haag. They won 3-0. And this is the, this is the measure against Ajax. That's the measure three, you know, the rest of him. In the cup, they won 4-0 against Excelsior. And then they won 2-0 against NEC, who also this is not a bad side. They can score goals. And so they're not, they can't say unlikely. That, that crowd's good. It, going, going to Holland in the three major teams, four major teams if you want, is always difficult to go. So Inter, Inter can win here. There's no question about Inter who've got more quality than PSV. But the, the, the problem is they have to be, 100% and they have to go in and that in, for me is why when we were talking about Calgary and the, the, the question I had earlier on in the podcast about this idea the strength and depth of Inter about the, the fact that Mator, uh, Martinez the fact that Valero even though Gaglidini came on and played crap after, uh, sorry was very poor sorry after Grotovic <laughs> went off you know that 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 the fact that these players can do that that's essential now because now we've got to take a team to to, to Eindhoven and, and play a very good team, and so for me, I'm still confident that Inter can do it. But they can't go to this game thinking that, yeah, okay, we've taken Spurs out; therefore, this is um, going to be an easy run-of-the-mill game. But I think you know, you mentioned before, just in the last comment, that Inter sometimes, if they can get themselves the mindset, that this is a big game. Then I think I think they'll be fine.
0: Mm. That's that's fair enough. Um Alex, I'm interested to hear, um, well, I mean, for, for me, this is three points. I'm, I'm just going to go up there and put it, yes, PSV are a good team, but Inter should, I mean, Inter are better than PSV, and although they have Lozano, who Inter have been linked to and who I think is an excellent winger, uh, I still think that and, and and as Richard pointed out, these guys can score goals, but with all due respect to NIC Breda and Willem Trey, this is Inter Inter, you know, <laughs> Inter, should, <you> know, <laughs> Inter should do better than this, uh, what, what, do, what do you expect going into
2: it? Everyone's making great points, it should be three points but I, I thought Fulvio said it best that sometimes if Inter goes in thinking this should be three points, sometimes that's when Pace Inter shows up and that's when you see the most inconsistency I, I think that Something that's so crucial heading into this match is we were talking about this with the Calieri breakdown that you've been able to, over the weekend, uh, rest some of your most important players. Uh, you can't tell me Ikadi's legs have not needed a rest. Uh, he's not been in full fitness all season long. He must be benefiting from a little bit of extra time. Asamoah has been a workhorse. He deserved to get some rest over the weekend. If we can get the best possible, freshest legs from Inter's most important players, then it's really hard to imagine anything but three points in this match. And I'll go back to something that uh, that Carlo was saying in the in the interview portion that, and again, this goes back to the pressure that Inter may feel on their shoulders, but if they can come away with three points in this match and six points to start out their Champions League resume for this season, they put themselves in a wonderful position to advance, uh, still with plenty of work to do, of course, but... You know, we were you know, everyone talking about this specific Champions League group. Group B as being a group of death and Inter being caught four was the kiss of death. Uh, they can put themselves, gentlemen, in wonderful position to advance uh, getting a victory on the road in Eindhoven on Wednesday. And certainly uh, I, I would expect that if we're talking about getting nothing, not a draw and not a victory, not one points, not three, then the conversation uh, the next time we speak, we'll probably have more to do with what Inter did wrong, how Inter shot themselves in the foot, more so than how PSV did everything possible to win that game. I think it's going to take some negative performances by Inter not to come away with everything this week.
1: Hmm. So, so, uh, Nima, yeah, yeah uh, uh, go for it. Sorry, Nima, if just wrong, something, wrong, something, wrong. Uh, yeah, I just yeah. like to something, I would like to give you some numbers about about this PSV and dove into the Phillips Stadium. Uh, because we should not un- underestimate the the fact that uh, PSV made great games into the stadium. Uh, because practically, they are not losing uh, into their own stadium since July 2017. So we're talking about more than one year ago. Against the Croatian side, Ossijek was a uh, um, Europa League qualification. And after that, they put uh, together uh, 20, 20 ga- t- 21 games. And three draw games, and uh, one of these draw games was the last one of the um, of the Dutch league of the last year, and uh, they were already awarded champion. So practically, it was uh, an an irrelevant match. So we're talking about 23 matches uh, without uh, any lost into into their own stadium. Yes, it's Dutch league, so probably not the best league in the world, but still, uh, we're talking about uh, we're talking about a team uh, in which uh, it's it's difficult to win against this team into the Philips Stadium.
0: Well, on that note, then I'll ask you to uh, predict the game Fulvio and give me some scores. Who will score, if anyone will score?
1: Well, uh, instead of a prediction, I can give you a hope and uh, <laughs> yes. scaramanzia. Yeah. yeah, right, right, you're right. <laughs> yes, and my and my hope uh, is one three. Uh, of course, three for Inter, one for uh, PSB and Dovan. I think Icardi is gonna score in this game. Probably is gonna make a brace. I think. And uh, the other, uh, the other scorer, I think that could come from the defense, uh, like uh, could be Fry or could be or could be screener, one of these two. Mm. Um, same
0: question to you, Richard.
3: Uh, I want to be positive. <laughs> <laughs> that be honest um, um i've just got this i, I don't want to because I'm, I'm actually i'm in a really good place with inter right now so um, that's a that's a weird thing but every time i'm in a really good place with inter this happens so uh, listen uh, i was my, my initial thought my initial thought before this podcast and it's being a little bit blase was that inter would win 2-0 that, that was just in my head but just looking into because we all you know a bit of research, believe it or not, before this podcast, and I know it's a Dutch league, but I've got a weird feeling that Inter could go there and draw one-one, which wouldn't be the worst because you know you win your home games, and you know if Inter can do that, I still think they can do something against that Tottenham side away as well. So, I look, I'm going to go a bit. I'm going to go one-one. I think a Cardi is now he's scored in the Champions League. I think look, I think this will be his Champions League, and um, there's something that probably isn't going to happen. But has anyone noticed that Trent Sainsbury's playing for the PSV? Yeah,
0: yeah, yes.
3: Will, Will, I'm, Will, Will I'm only was, joking Will,
0: he right there. Will was talking about this that it would be, it would probably be him scoring a goal against us. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Okay,
2: so my rubbish one-one's on. Okay, fair enough. Alex. I'm going to one Inter. Uh, I'm actually going for an Icardi brace also. Uh, and, and I think, once again, in typical Inter fashion over the last few weeks, I, I think that the game-winning goal, I think it will be tied 1-1 uh, at about the 87th, 88th minute. And I see Raja Nangolan assisting Icardi, setting him up for the game winner. So, once again, my, my heartbeat, my heart rate will be through the roof. But I think we will be talking about three points.
1: It's quite detailed.
0: Yeah, um, I, uh, I, I, I'm thinking it will be. Um, I'm thinking one uh, 0 for Inter, and it won't be a pretty. It will be one of those games where PSV will, will really take the game to Inter, but Inter, I think, will manage to not not concede. And I think, um, uh, I think, Kandreva will score a goal just to piss off all the haters. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, right, uh, on the Sunday before the international break, it's Spal away and. Speaking of difficult away games, um, this is, this, this game last season was one of those games where I, where, where that really stayed with me the furthest because I thought Inter was, looked so, so poor. And Spa are a difficult team to face. Uh, so I, I, I'm, 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 I'm hoping we get a draw. I, I'll be happy with the draw. I'm going to be honest because I think Spal can cause, tr- all, you know, cause all teams, all kinds of troubles, uh, at their stadium. Uh, f- uh, what do you think, Fulvio?
1: Basically, you're right. It's probably the worst moment uh, to to pick Spal into um, into the Matzah Stadium. Um So yes, it's something that we should worry about. Uh, not agree with you when you say that you could settle up with a draw. I think that's uh, yes. Spal is organized uh, and uh, have a very good start. Uh, as we're recording, they are drawing uh, into Ferraris of Genova against Sampdoria. One one, so tough. Uh, it's, it's a tough pitch. So they're consistent. Today. They're a very good team. But still, I think that, uh, we can manage to, to beat them, uh, because we have, we have a lot more of quality and, um, and I think that's, uh, it's doable. It's doable for us. Uh, uh, we should understand, uh, how many energies, uh, we're going to waste into the, the, into the champions League match day. Uh, and uh, after that, we can have, um, a big picture of the, um, of the, of the game against Paul but still i think that uh, on on the paper at least uh, it's uh, a victory is viewable for inter
0: mm. so what is your hope since you don't do predictions what is your hope against Baal?
1: well i think it will be will be a game very stock since some at, at, at some point uh, inter they will be able to to come out from the from the from the mud and uh, it's something that uh, could hand 1-0 or uh, 2-0 or something like that so I think that, um, and uh, here I'm saying zero because uh, I completely rely to our defense. I see that we are growing defensively speaking. The fry is very consistent, so I think that uh, this could make a difference at some point. And uh, when the Spal, because I suppose the spa will make a lot of energy into the into the first half. Uh, when when Spal start to get tired, that's the moment uh, of the of the break for Inter, and uh, hopefully we're gonna we're gonna score into the second half. And, uh, yes, and we're gonna win the game. I think uh, that's uh, this is my my best hope for the for the game, and I could expect something like that actually.
0: Um, so. Richard, I'm interested to hear you here.
3: Yeah, um, so in Spell, this season's been impressive, the sort of almost turning into uh, everyone's second team. I mean, the fact that they got players like uh, Bataglia from Atalanta and, and sort of regenerated them themselves have been brilliant this season. and they've, they've been enjoyable to watch. Remember that game you talked about as well last season and that was poor. And so it doesn't you know give you the greatest hopes. But the one thing, Inter have been pretty good this season on his set pieces and I'm absolutely still not convinced of Alfred Gomez in goal for Spal. De Frel has just literally scored as we're talking now. It's 2-1 to Sampdoria. And, and again, I'd say that uh, Gomez should have taken that first shot. Um, Look, I think with Institute at the moment, this is a game where uh, they is similar to the approach to PSV. They need to be. They've got to take it seriously. They've got to. I think it would be really scrappy. I don't think this is going to be a fun game to watch. I can see it being one 0 Take take a pick of the score. I'd actually go from someone from a set piece. Doesn't matter who it is. I could see something like that with this. It's. Um, I don't think it's going to be very open and free flowing. I think Inter's got to be really careful about... Um, the, it's not about the counter-attack at all. I think with Inter, they, if they can play in the front foot, I think it'll be a difficult game because Spell will put players behind the ball. The problem is with Inter sometimes in these sort of games, they don't dictate the tempo and they let other teams dictate the tempo. That's when they could be in trouble for me with Spell because if you let Spell play, they will play. Um, so, so, hopefully, yeah, narrow win, 1-0. Mm.
0: Right. Um, who... Um... Uh, Alex, same question.
2: I go back and forth in this one uh, a lot. Uh, I think it's going to be low scoring. Uh, I'm having a hard time deciding between a 1-1 draw or a 1-0 victory. I don't think Inter dropped this game. I'm going to go with a 1-0 victory. Um, and I think uh, probably going to be a set-piece goal. Maybe, maybe D'Ambrosio finds the back of the net on some occasion. I think it's going to be a workmanlike effort and a tough place to play. I think Inter comes away in a close gritty performance with a little bit of a Champions League hangover, kind of affecting the energy and affecting the pace.
0: Hmm. That's uh, fair enough. Um, for me, um, yeah, well, you know, I'm listening to what you guys say. Okay, I mean, if I'm thinking Milan Skriniar, if he can, if he can score one of those goals he did against Crotone, like that kind of an ugly goal, that, that kind of. Or was it, yeah or yeah last season away like that kind of scruffy win i'll take it because then it's the international break, and God knows our players uh, need to rest, especially Peestich who looks like he's been on a like a week like a like like a like like we said last week he's been on a three day drinking binge, he looks exhausted the guy is like the guy looks like he can barely stand, I think he needs to rest <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of players I want to rest, um so yeah no i'm i'm gonna stick my neck out there and say. 1-0 again, uh, screen out on a set piece. Right, um, let's uh, move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, criticise and rip the piss out of someone or something in the world of football, starting with uh, something positive, this week's Moratti, which will be presented by Mr. Richard
3: Hall.
1: Oh my God, he is beautiful! He is beautiful, yeah!
3: Okay, Um. There's loads to be positive about, really. I mean, I, I mean we've, I've changed it a little bit just before the end, and it's actually not to do with Inter. Um, originally, I was going to go for Dolbe because I just really enjoyed that performance and the way that I feel. I like when players get sort of vindicated and, um, and can start doing well. I was also going to talk about strength in depth, but we've done that as well. And sometimes when I go on this pod, I always talk about sort of regeneration of Italian in football ever since 2006. Now it's getting back on its feet and everything else. Um, Just, I I really, it might not mean as much to you guys, but I saw Lazio just obviously have re-signed Chiro Mobley and Milinkovic-Savic to 2023. That might not mean a massive amount. Milinkovic-Savic could still go. But I just like the fact that the Italian clubs are still trying to keep the, the talent in the league. I think that this transfer window was excellent when we've seen the likes of Higuain staying in the league. It might not always be to our taste. Cristiano Ronaldo might be a pain for all of Inter fans and everything else. But I just enjoy the fact that Italian football is getting just a little bit back. Not just, not just back, actually. Not just back. Really back. And the Champions League performance is, you know, which we've seen, obviously, with Inter being back uh, as well as all, all the rest of the clubs. And it's, it's nice to see. It's good to see the league going from strength to strength. I like the fact that it's not always looking like it's going to be a feeder league to the, to the Premier League or likewise, as the Bundesliga sort of turned out to be. And so I just think that's a really nice touch. I mean, like I said, we could, I could have talked about Inter, could have talked about loads of other things there because there's so many positive things. But I just like the fact that two big players it and I really enjoyed the Rome derby on the weekend, and two big players like that being signed up. And I just hope that's something that doesn't just resonate at Lazio, who obviously, you know, a lot of, um, there's a lot of similarities there between... Inter and Lazio, but also the fact that I hope that it resonates between all the clubs in Italy and that they continue to hold on, or at least try their best to hold on to their top stars.
0: Right, um, that's a good one. Um, uh, let's move on uh, to a uh, slightly uh, somewhat more comical uh, part of the uh, part of this, this segment, uh, this week's Frog, which will be presented by Mr Alex Donald.
2: I go with the groundskeeper at Mapai Stadium. Very frustrating. I'm watching Sassuolo Milan on Sunday, and the pitch was perfect. And and why is that significant to any Inter fan, any Interista? You're watching match day one, first match of the season, Inter fell 1-0 to Sassuolo. Of course, I can't entirely blame the pitch on that. But that pitch, match day one, was like the Sahara Desert. It was a potato field. So you would think, well, the pitch is only going to get worse as the season progresses. Yet somehow they had some of the most perfect grasp for, for Sassuolo Milan that I have ever seen. I'm wondering how they let the groundskeeper get away with those sort of shenanigans to start a season. I mean, not to mention the actual Sassuolo players don't show up against Milan the way that they do every match against Inter. So there's some frustration there. But how that groundskeeping at Mapai Stadium can be so inconsistent, it's baffling to me.
0: Um, yeah, and the, <laughs> <laughs> and the good one, good, good one, yeah, good one. And also the that's, fact that that's Sassuolo is owned by a by a by a self-proclaimed Milan fan, uh, yes. just just makes that uh, all that even all that better. Uh, right, let's move on to the negative part of the show. This week's Moji which will be presented by Mr. Fulvio Santucci.
1: So, something weird is happening in Serie A, the season. Um, you know that uh, video assistant referee, which I'll call in Italian way, bar, from now on, <laughs> has, been tested, has been tested along the last <laughs> season, and uh, from several points of view was successful, but in the season something went wrong, because bar practically disappeared in the first three match days, and nobody explained anything about it. Then finally VAR reappeared during Sampdoria Inter, and by that match started being used more frequently, like the last season. Then something happened during Inter Fiorentina, and uh, here's when our today story was born. You know the facts, a penalty has been awarded to Inter with, uh, with bar support. As Fiorentina, Vitor touched the ball with his hands into the box, so everything clear. But then a lot of protests came up. Uh, Fiorentina's coach Stefano Pioli, Fiorentina's club manager Giancarlo antonioni also the mayor of Florence, showed themselves up on TV and claimed to be very disappointing, asking for respect and quality, and so on and so forth. The next day, uh, the sport national newspaper, Corriere dello Sport, uh, reported into his headline, the bar punished Fiorentina as a penalty was awarded to Inter due to Vitor Hugo touching his end with a fingertip. This was clearly provocative since a fingertip ball never existed. This is called handball, right? <laughs> well, Fiorentina <laughs> well, kept complaining until Sunday's match against Atalanta when in a stuck game, suddenly a penalty was awarded to Federico Chiesa, who clearly dived mm-hmm. into the box. Then it was a clear deception of the referee, but the penalty was awarded. The VAR did not reverse referee's decision and Fiorentina won the game. Atalanta's coach Gasperini argued a lot with Pioli and Pioli denied the dive, despite it was crystal clear on cameras. Today's comment into the same newspaper uh, was, uh penalty is not so clear, but even also is not clear. Uh, but, sorry, but even also dive is not clear. Actually, Chiesa was wise to change his running direction, and we had a similar situation in 2007. <laughs> No, really, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really quoting. Uh, it's like 11 years ago, I think we can all agree this is a desperate attempt of rescue the referee from his responsibility. Um, and so the newspaper said we should blame the BAR once again for the lack of support to the referee. And uh, you can say, well, it's fair enough. Uh, it's fair enough if only VAR had the intelligence to decide himself instead of being driven by a referee, right? But uh, if we put this on the perspective of the Italian culture, what happened is pretty clear. Uh, Fiorentina was refunded after complaining and was refunded by Damaging Atalanta in uh, what we can call compensation culture. And this is practically a culture in which a mistake against the team is fixed up by making another mistake as a benefit for the same team. And everybody seems to be fine with that, even though <laughs> VAR was introduced, especially to fight this kind of culture and prevent a mistake instead of being forced to double it. So everybody knows that, but nobody's talking about that. Uh, Fiorentina was clearly compensated, and that's something that was likely decided since the beginning of the match against So, did, that, did any newspaper face the issue from this perspective? Absolutely not. Instead, all fingers were pointed up against Bar not making his job. In the meantime, Federico Chiesa got away with murder and was honored by local media for his behavior. The, the local media said it was wise, it changed running direction, it was something that should be awarded, and uh, yes, was practically honored for his behavior. Would you call it our module of the week? I would definitely do that
0: absolutely
1: yes. well, well, done.
0: well done well done a little applause here no well done absolutely it 's insane, <laughs> uh, but, but just building on that, I, I think it 's really interesting because for me, um, I think it 's two aspects of it. one is this compensation culture which you, which, you, which is italian which you, which you explain so well, but the other thing is also that you know. If the VAR is used properly, then this wouldn't have happened at all. I mean, against Milan, against uh, Sassuolo Milan yesterday, mm. we, saw, we saw that again. The VAR was used when, when it's not supposed to, when it doesn't need to be used, and then when it's, yeah. happened, when it's supposed to be used, it's not used. And this is ridiculous. This chaos, the VAR was supposed was brought in to reduce the chaos, and it was working last season. You know, it, it, yeah, was, was, it, was it was working last season. It, re- it really, really was. It really was, and, and now it's just, it's just everything has been completely confused again. Well, um, that's all we have time for this week. I'd like to thank uh, Lugarganese for joining us. And I'd also like to thank Fulvio. Good to have you back. Yeah, thank you, Nima, and uh, see you next time. And it was great to have you on again
2: as well, Alex. Thank you so much. Always happy to come aboard.
0: And let's hope that this uh, this time you're on means that we win another four games. Um, and (laughs) And also the Gentleman Ultra himself.
3: Thank you very much, guys. Loved it all. And like Yeza, I've fallen for you all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Um, With that, I'd like to wish everyone uh, a good week. Six points until next time. And sempre e solo, Forza Inter.